just joined us um <clears throat> share the flat share the link share the link now share the link now if you just came online share them on your statuses on your on facebook share them <clears throat> we are just joining us oh glory thank you lord jesus um can you hear me Let's see some fire emojis if you can hear me. Let's see some fire emojis. Right, let's pray. Father, we bless you. We thank you for tonight. Thank you for wisdom before kings. Thank you for a heart that is open for you to reach us every time. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, right, God bless you. Is there only one person that can hear me? Because it's only one person that's responding. I know many of us cannot type, but if you can hear me and you can type, I would like for you to do so, so that I know that I'm not by myself. So this is a series, if you are joining us for the first time, it's a series that we've been doing. We started... um, past a week now and we are here today so you might not um straight away connect with what we are doing but don't worry just keep up and then right after the program you can go back download the episodes previous episodes and listen to them and then you'll be blessed so um wisdom before kings wisdom before kings and uh we are treating how to keep our heart for god how to keep our heart beating for god how to keep our heart open for god now 
And there's so many I've said about this. And so that's why I'm saying that you need to go and listen to the previous episodes to fully understand why um, we are at this point in time. So if you are joining us and you are listening to me for the first time, <clears throat> or this is not even your first time, but um, maybe you are not here those days that we started, you might want to go back and then do that. Okay. Now, I'm still on. I'm still going to deal on the topic that says that how you keep your heart open for work. That's what I'm going to do now. So, if you are not getting anything, you quickly go back and then you download the previous messages, like I said. Because I'm not going to repeat myself now. We've dealt with the scripture, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says that <clears throat> the Bible question has to guide our heart <clears throat> with all diligence from out of it, emanates or proceeds the um, things of this life. And I spoke also on Revelation chapter 320, where God says, I stand at the door and knock. So if God is standing at the door and knock, or if anyone at all is at the door knocking, means that they want to come and they want to enter, but they are not allowed to. They cannot enter. They cannot enter. That's why they knock. If you could enter, there's no need to knock. But because there's a door and it's closed, there's a need to knock. God bless you, Eric, for giving us the scripture. So that is that. Now, we want to deal with how, we want to find out how we can keep our heart beating for God, how we can keep the door open for God. So the heart here is talking about the door. Whenever I talk about the heart, I want you to envision a door. Okay, so how do we keep the, our heart open for God? Or how do we keep the door open for God? So that anytime he wants to reach us, he can come. Anytime he wants to reach, reach us, he can come. So many of us are calling. The Bible says that call unto me and I'll respond and I'll show you great and mighty things that thou knowest. So we, we are calling on God, we are crying on God. But we, he cannot reach us. So you are reaching to God, you are touching God by your, 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 your sacrifice of prayer. But then there is a door he needs to reach you. So your sacrifice of prayer reaches God. Your, ta- your sacrifice of um, um, seed, your sacrifice of offerings, your sacrifice of titan, all those things, they, they touch God. And so he has to turn and come back to you and respond. Yet he's not able to reach you. And it is because the door is closed. The door is closed. The door is, yes, anyone will be opening that she's not allowing him to enter. Okay. So we need to keep our heart condition in a certain condition so that we can have God visit us anytime it comes. Now, I also said that the heart constitute uh, the, the content of your heart is what reflects in your day-to-day life. So whatever you have is in your heart. And whatever you should you shall have is also in your heart. It's also in your heart. That is why, you see, love is of the heart and wickedness is of the heart. I showed you a scripture yesterday that said that the heart of a man is desperately wicked. I think um, Jeremiah is, is Jeremiah, <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 to 10. It says that the heart is desperately wicked. Who shall know it? So, love is of the heart and sin is of the heart. So, there are ways to keep our hearts pure and clean for God. That's what we are going to do. So, um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. I've just seen some Vivian Boachi be joined. I don't know if it's my daughter Vivian Boachi. If it is you, you are welcome. So, Philippians chapter 4. Take me to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And we are going to the verse 9. That's what I'm going to go to. So, um, I'm talking about how to keep your heart open for God, how to keep the door open. Because all of us are waiting for him to come. We are praying Maranatha. We are waiting for him to come. We are waiting for God to come. Yet, the door is closed. Okay, so I was making an analogy yesterday that you cannot expect somebody to come inside your room when your door is locked. So if I enter my room and I lock it, what I'm trying to communicate is that I don't need you to enter. So when you come, you need to knock. And then I would have to open it to you. But if I keep it open, you don't need to knock. Because there won't be any door to knock at. Okay. So Philippians chapter 2 verse 8. It says, finally, brethren. 
So now, things to put inside your heart, things to focus on your heart. Remember, guide your heart with all diligence from out of it comes issues of life. In other words, regulate the things that come into your heart. The content of your heart, some of us, the content of our heart is so based, it stinks. And you wonder how certain things happen to you. You wonder how certain, um, um, you, you are having certain inconsistencies and stuff. They are the conditions of your heart. Because that's what, that's what the scripture says. Says you have what is in your heart. No matter where your life is now, it is as a result of the content of your heart. So if you don't like your life now, if you don't want your life to be, if you don't want your life tomorrow to be where it is today, then change the content of your heart. How do we change the content of our heart? Philippians chapter four says that it says that finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think of these things. Hmm. Both things, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are just. See, uh, see the content of your heart. You see, every person is a product of their heart. Just as love is a product of their heart. So when you hear people say things like, oh, they don't really understand what they are saying. Because if truly, truly, the love of God is in your heart, if you've ever, if you are ever in a position where people will question your Christianity, and you would have to respond by saying that, oh, it means you are not really serving God. Because if you are really serving God and it is in your heart, it will reflect in your day-to-day life. So there would not be a need for somebody to even bring your mind to that point. Do you understand my, uh, what I'm saying? Because if it's truly in your heart, that is what will be brought outside to see. So your outward living cannot be inconsistent with your, what is the content of your heart. I hope it's clear. The, 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 what you live outwardly it cannot be inconsistent it must be consistent when, is, when there is inconsistency with what you claim to be in your heart and what you are doing now then you are deceiving yourself Jesus himself said he says if a man say yet that he loved me yet walk it away and does this and this and that so he deceived himself and the truth is not in him so if it is truly that it is in your heart it will, that, that is what will show you will see what is in your heart and if in any case, like I said the other time, if in any case you are, you are, you think you are having some relationship that is inconsistent with um, um, the word of God or the will of God or what is supposed to be in your heart, then you are deceiving yourself, you are wasting your time, and then you are going to be frustrated in the long run. So, just as love is of the heart, sin is also of the heart. And this is why we don't preach sin. Many people do not understand. One day I was having a discussion with um, an evangelist, okay, um, and I said to him, I said, see, there's no point in preaching sin. I don't believe in preaching sin, okay, when you preach sin to people. Then he was very angry, you know, these evangelists, they, that's all, they, their messages are full of sin. They must preach sin. They must let the sinners know that. This. Then I said that, no, you see. It doesn't matter how passionate you are about with what you are saying. It is not consistent with the word of God. And I told you something. I said, all truth are parallel. If what you are doing is not consistent with the word of God, you are not going to get any fruit. So I asked him a question. I said, name one person. Whoever got changed, whoever got saved, by listening to the message of judgment or sin, show me in scripture one person who was changed or even in real life, See, if you ever know somebody, most of these evangelists that preach sin, okay, I'm not condemning anyone, but I'm just telling you something. Most of the people, okay, I shouldn't say evangelists, <clears throat> so that it looks like I'm attacking specific people. So, anyone who preaches sin, if you ever meet somebody who preaches sin, who is always talking about sin, and when I talk about preaching sin, I'm talking about preaching condemnation. Anyone who preaches condemnation and sin and uses hell as a means to scare people, if they have, if they, if you ever see followers following them, <clears throat> then you should know that these people are following him out of fear. They don't really believe what he's saying. They are just in fear. They are, they are bound by fear because their heart is gripped by the fear, by the things that they've heard. 
If you sleep and you, you, you dream that you are eating, be careful. This will happen. If you buy this wig and you hear this one, this is from Anoata, this is from this, and you people, when you wear this dress and all, the, all those things that they say. If they ever have amassed followers, they, those people are following them because of fear. We don't preach them because the heart, remember, I may say, the heart can be the, the heart can be deceitful. And the content, I say, God, your heart is all diligence. Out of it comes the issues of life. Whatever you put in your heart, your life will receive the same thing. So when 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 you preach sin, the result is that the people will become more sinful and their heart will be hardened. That's why no man of God, no to us through scriptures, nobody ever got anyone saved by preaching sin. Since from the days of Abraham, Abraham preached sin. People didn't change. Sodom and Gomorrah, repent. Fire is coming. You are going to die. This thing you are being is bad. You are going to die. You are going to hell. Nobody changed. Noah, preach sin. Preach sin. God is going to destroy. This Turn from your wicked ways. God it will destroy you. You are going to be covered with water. Nobody changed. And I even think that his family could have followed him because, I mean, they couldn't change anyone. So here comes Jesus. And then he's doing something different. Jesus came and he wasn't preaching sin. To the point that even John the Baptist was offended in Jesus. The scribes were offended in Jesus. The Pharisees were offended in Jesus because they will see him eating with prostitutes, dining with thieves. And how can you be doing this? So they even, they say he was numbered amongst the criminals. They numbered him. They say you are part of them. Because you are supposed to condemn them. You are supposed to judge them. You are supposed to say that you, you are going to hell. You, you are going to do this. So, have you ever, let's say one day, you are in a very, you are in some dress or you are in, in a type of hair that looked, um, that was, um, let's say, morally not okay. And then as you were passing by, an evangelist was preaching and then he was hammering on it. Hey, you see, how did that make you feel? Did that make you feel like, oh, this thing is bad, I should change? Or it made you even feel more resentment towards the person. <laughs> you, become, you become more resentful towards the person. Why? Because sinners are not sinners because they sin. They sin because they are sinners. Let me say that again. You are not a sinner because you sin. You sin because you are a sinner. Why? Because sin is of the heart. It's of the heart. It's of the heart. The act of sin is not what makes you a sinner. But it, it is because in your heart you are already, you are sinful. That's why you sin. So the fruit, it says, um, um, the tree, the fruit of the tree is not what makes the tree the tree. So a mango tree without the mangoes on it is still a mango tree. You don't have to wait till, till you see mangoes and you're like, oh, it's a mango tree. No, even without the mangoes on it, it is still a mango tree. So an arm robber, Without onion, we are a is still there. Onion fire, no cry. Oya crumb for I want to come in. I want him. Until or that he want him ready. What is in him is what comes out. So sinners just exhibit what is in their heart, and that is why God is interested in the heart. That's why He wants He wants your heart, not even not so much through your heart. Now look at Romans chapter two verse four. Romans chapter two verse four. So you are not a sinner because you sin. But you sin because you are a sinner. A man's heart is already corrupt with sin. So by preaching sin, you are just hardening it. That is the condition of the heart. His heart is already corrupt. David said, So when you preach sin, the result is that they will become more sinful. They will become more sinful. If you are a man of God and you are listening to me, you know what I'm talking about. You see, you, your, your church members are a product of what you preach. What you keep saying, they will become what you say. They all can and one of them. So, if they, you can preach sin all you want. The more you preach it, the more they will do it. <laughs> oh, these are spiritual matters. You know, understand. Now, look at Romans chapter. Maybe for perspective's sake, let me read from verse 1. Give us the verse 1. Um, give us from the verse um, verse 1 to the verse 4 so that we get more perspective with it. 
So Romans chapter 2, verse 1 down to the verse 4. Hurry up for me. Alright, now, therefore thou art (laughs) inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. Says you are not you are not without excuse. When you judge someone, you condemn yourself. For that, uh, for for that that judge does the same things. I remember one time ago, um, my father in the Lord said something to me. He said that, say Charles, never criticize somebody, and never judge people. And and he said, the reason is that even if you are not doing what you claim the people are doing, so be Don't talk about it. That's why I was saying yesterday that. If you really had a relationship with God, you will not be concerned with somebody else who doesn't have a relationship with God. And not be trying to fix their relationship with God and say that you, you are not this, you are not. You'll be, you'll be afraid to lose your own relationship with God. So the reason is because when you keep criticizing people about something they do, very soon you become the same thing. Because when you speak, you are not only speaking, you see, when you talk, you can hear yourself. And that's why any obi oye mumbi oni so emu damn people know that they are damn, but they know they are they are deaf and dumb. They know because as you talk, there's nothing coming. So even if you you are you wake up tomorrow and you start talking, and as you open your mouth and words are coming in, you can't hear yourself. You begin to think that hey, there's something wrong. So you see, as I'm talking and you are listening, I'm not only talking to you; I'm talking to myself. I can hear myself talk. So when you criticize people, say so very soon you become what you you start doing the things that you say they are doing. So you think that your father is not correct, you think that your mother is not correct, and my mother this, 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 this. And you see, you grow up and the same thing you were saying that your mother was really doing, like you, you find yourself doing it. You are, you are inexcusable. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth, against which commit such things. By a set, don't judge people. But we don't judge people. We don't use your own way to judge people to say they did this, they did that. But it says that we know, but we are sure that the judgment of God, just this evening. I was thinking, why is it that Christianity, Christians are hated all around the world? Why? Christians are not violent in any way. Okay, so unlike Muslims, who, who, uh, you see, people can come on televisions and sit on radio and they can even tear up scriptures. They can tear the Bible. They can bend the Bible. They can say whatever they want to say about the Bible. Have you ever seen somebody go out to talk against Muslim, the Islamic community before? Why? Because those people, they will be physically violent against you. And it is the truth. They will defend the Quran. Even if you are not a Muslim and you, you by mistake pick a Quran, they will be very angry with you. It doesn't matter even if it's your friend. But Christians are not like that. Yet, we are the most attacked people. They attack Christians all this while. They attack Christians. You see, during the World War One, uh, World War Two, the, the Israelites or the Jews, they never fought back. They never raised a finger. They never did anything. How can you fight someone who is not fighting back? And yet they were slaughtered. Around 7 million people, 7 point something million people, Jews were killed. Yet they didn't fight back. They were not hostile. They were not violent. They did nothing. They were just there. They were just like ushered to the slaughterhouse to be killed. So as I was batting, I was thinking about this. Why is it like that? And then all of a sudden, it, it, it dawned on me. It is because of what we have. That is the scripture, the word of God. You see, the world doesn't like us, not, not because we are violent, but because our word challenges them. The word that we have, the word of God challenges them. Because it is the only the word of God that claims to be morally absolute and supreme. It is only the word of God. The Quran has room for an uh, error. The Quran says you can marry as many as you want. Even the Quran says in the Asura, it tells them that if they, they, they don't understand anything, they should come to the people of the books, meaning the Christians, to ask us. But the Bible is absolute. The Bible claims to be morally absolute and full. And that's why they don't like. 
why should a book tell me that I cannot do this, I cannot do that, I cannot do this? That's why they hate us. So say, we know that the judgment of God is true. Now verse 3. And thinketh thou, and thinketh thou this, O man, that, judge, that judges um, them which do such things, and do us the same, that thou should escape the judgment of God. Now, look at something. There is a very important scripture, a verse in scripture that most people have not yet realized. I'm talking about sin, being of the heart. And I'm talking that, I'm saying that the medicine for sin is not to preach sin. The medicine for the, for, for the wicked heart, if you want to change the wicked heart, the, 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 um, the medicine is not to preach sin. If you want to convert people, you don't preach sin. That is why it is called the good news. <laughs> It is the good news. So we, the good news is that it, it's not that, um, hey, you, you are you are in sin and you are going to hell. That is not good news. That is not good news. Good news for the poor is, is not that hey, we are ready No, good news for the for the poor is prosperity. Good news for the sick is healing. Good news for the sinner is love. So the medicine for sin is love not judgment so look at a scripture i'm going to read to you very beautiful scripture the verse four so now i'm going to the verse four it says oh despise thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering now i've taught you that whenever you come across a semicolon it means that the letter is going to explain the former now what i'm going to read after the semicolon is going to explain why he's saying that are you despising the riches the riches of God's goodness and his ability to be long-suffering, to bear with you. It says, why, why is he saying that? It says, not knowing. Who him say? Other versions say that, know ye not. Not knowing that it is the goodness of God that leads thee to repentance. Don't you know that it is the goodness of God? Other versions say, I think the NIV says that, Knowing, uh, don't you know that it is the love of God that brings men to repentance, not the judgment of God? So, the message to the sinner is love. It's not condemnation. It's not sin. And that is why Jesus is the only preacher who came. Is the only man of God who came. And instead of preaching condemnation, he says that the Son of Man does not come to the world to condemn them, but that through him the world might be saved. He came preaching. He says that even though we are in sin, he came preaching love. He came preaching love. And that's why you and I, we are here today. That's why we claim to be Christians. Why? Because it is the love of God that brings men to repentance. No. Preaching sin only hardens the sinner. If somebody is bad, if, you, if somebody is in the wrong and you want to change the person, you don't change the person by preaching sin to them, by preaching condemnation to them. Or say, a your daughter. So all through um, um, the beginning of time, judgment, judgment. God will say that, hey, I'm judging the people. I'm bringing fire. There's so all kinds of judgment. Yet men was not in the heart of men. The more you preach about sin, the more their heart is hardened. The more you talk about not wearing miniskirt, the more they want to wear it. The more you say it, the, the more you preach on that sin you have been preaching, the more the people are doing it. Man of God. It is because it is the love of God that brings men to repentance, not the judgment of God. Now, all this I've said is just by the way. The point is in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. How to keep our heart for God. And I'm telling you, it says, whatsoever things appear. So I'm going to take my time and go through those ones. And we'll pray and then we'll continue God doing tomorrow. Say, so finally, brethren. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, 
whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are of good report if there be any virtue if there be any praise think on these things think on these things you want to have a heart that is open for god you want to open the door for god here is the medicine your heart needs Say things that are true what are things that are true things that are honest things that are just things that are pure and things that are lovely things that are of good report yesterday see, i was telling you that be zealously affected in good things be excited about good things so often we are not excited about good things we are we are enthused by bad news we are happy with bad news and we easily share bad news you heard that one of your friends has gained admission to university and that was the end of the matter but the other friend that you heard that she has given birth everybody have heard about it why why are you like that why do you think you are like that why why are you enthused and excited about bad things you are keeping the door close the door is close so whatsoever things are true are honest are pure are of just report are of good reports If anything be of praise, think of these things. Think, think, think. It says, let these things be in your heart. These are the things that should be in you. To keep the door open. To keep the door open. Remember, the heart can be deceitful. That's really wicked. Say, who shall know them? Yet God searched the heart. He searched the heart that he can he will give to any man according to what is the content of your heart. According to what is the content of your heart. One of the lessons I also learned from my father in the Lord, he said to me, he said that when you do not have something good to say about somebody, then don't talk about them at all. Don't talk about them at all. Don't talk about them at all. So you see, when you do these things, you are not trying to be nice. You don't do. You are not nice to people because you are supposed to be nice. There are genuinely people who are evil. That if you want to say something about them, you will not get good things to say. But that's why he said that. Don't then don't talk about them at all. Is that that you are not helping them? You are not helping their image. You are helping yourself. Remember what I said. I said if you really have a relationship with God, you will be afraid to tarnish to spoil that relationship by focusing on other people talking about them because what you are doing you are helping yourself not them just like when you forgive people people think that when i forgive you i've done you a favor so they say you'll be having people beg you that please forgive me and then in your mind oh yeah as if when you forgive them like you have you have helped them no you have not helped them my sister you have helped yourself <laughs> it is for your own good it's for your own benefit so that you don't keep the door shut you keep the door open okay the door you don't you don't do that's why i love paul so it's not that we are sufficient in ourselves it's not that we are sufficient in ourselves because but our sufficiency is of the lord our sufficiency is of the lord we don't do what we do because it is um um it feels good no no our life is not based on feelings we walk by faith not by sight we don't work based on our feelings we don't work, work because you feel like praying that's why you pray you don't go to you don't do certain things for god you don't give because you have so much to give that's why you give you don't give because you want praise of men no but because that is the content of our, your heart that is who you are and so he says that for the love of god is shared abroad in our heart 
and we are able to laugh because he first loved us. We don't laugh by choice. We laugh by character, the content of our heart. Feed on good report. Feed on good things. Feed on things that are true. Things that are true. And there's no truer material on earth than the word of God. There's no, there's no more truer word than the word of God. Because you see, the reason why in America, in the Western world, they are so busy, they are so bent on in eradicating the word of God. You see, they are, especially the Americans, you see, they want to really, I mean, get rid of the Bible, get rid of everything. They are so bent on doing that. The reason is because it challenges their, their, their way of life, what they want to do. It challenges their moral life. It challenges them. They are thinking. It challenges them. And that's why they want to get rid of it. And that's why Christians are not, they don't like Christians at all. In China, no, Christians, they don't like Christians at all. Because what they are doing, there is a material that speaks directly against it. The Bible leaves no room for amendment. And if they can get rid of the script, you see, it's not, it doesn't even make sense. Because when they get rid of the Bible, then it means that everything is um, um, relative. Everything else becomes relative. So, if without God, with, without the word of God, everything is relative. So, whether I kill you or I give you life, it doesn't really mean anything because it's all relative. It's all meaningless. Because without, the script, without scripture, who is going to define moral absolute? It will all depend on what you feel like, what you want and what I want. So in some part of the world, to be, um, 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 to be um, what do you call? There's no such thing as um, sexual freedom and sexual exploitation that a man can say that I'm a woman and a woman can say I'm a man and a man can marry a man and a woman can... No. But in certain parts of the world, it's accepted. So what is true then? Because one part of the world is accepted. In certain parts of the world, it's even frowned upon. They will even kill you for it when you go to the Middle East and all those things. And, and certain countries are like Libra. They're like, oh, we don't really care. I mean, you can do it so long as you don't send them all those things. But it is only the word of God. The word of God is only the, is, is the only material on earth now that is holding the devil at bay. And that's why they hate it. That's why they want to get rid of it in schools. They want to get rid of it in um, 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 um in, in every country from from um, um, now they are passing a law in America to get to even have the um, um, in God we trust that is printed on the dollar bill they want to get rid of that they want to take it away it's offensive they want to they want to they want to um, change um, the term mother and father because it is offensive because um, um, same sex couples uh, uh, not necessarily, there's not necessarily a mother or a father. So, see, a whole lot of things. And that's why when you're not careful, your heart begins to grow cold and you're not aware. You're backsli- you backsliding in your heart and you don't know. Your love for God is not really there. You think it's there, it's not really there. So today is Sunday. Most people went to church. But if you really analyze your reasons why you went to church, then you realize that you don't really love God. You are not going to church because you are that excited. It's almost like a ritual. You want to meet a friend. You want to see someone. There's an appointment. Something. It's not, it, it, it's not necessarily because you are, you are filled with love for God. No. No, not at all. Not at all. Someone even went to church today because he had a, a nice dress. He probably showed a new dress. Or you had a new hair done. You had something. And you felt like, oh, if I go to church now, it is appropriate. And you see, next week, you might not go to church because you are like, your seamstress didn't get your dress ready. Or you were supposed to get some new shoe, you didn't come or something. There's nothing to flex with. We are going to pray tonight. And tonight, I have two prayer points for you tonight. And then we'll be out of here. Because it's Sunday. We are going to pray, Lord, keep my heart open for you. Visit me with your generosity by your mercies. 
See, when God comes, He comes with His generosity. His generosity means that He will give to you liberally and He will not abide and He will not scorn you for it. The Bible says that if any man lacks anything, let him ask of God. Uh, James chapter 1 verse 5. Let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and abraded not. The word abraded not means that he will not say that, hey, you ask too much, you want too much. No. As much as you want, you give to you. So if the door is open, then you can have these things. So God, as your door is open, you are going to pray that God, keep my door open. Keep my heart open. And visit me generously in the name of the Lord Jesus by your mercies. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray this prayer now. Pray this prayer now in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We arrest every wash of the enemy over every nation. For the songs are here. This is the time for the manifestation of the songs. Here comes the time we've been waiting for. Let the Gideons arise. I declare, let the Deborahs arise. Let the Paul, the Peter arise. We will see your hand in every nation. For these are the days of your power. And the people shall be volunteers. I said, these are the days of your power. And the people are willing. In the name of Jesus, they sit in the Visit me not only visit me, but visit me generously. Visit me generously. In the name of the that your heart is open. God visit you generously. As your heart remains open, may He visit you with His generosity. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The music gets louder when we start praying, so that's why you were hearing the music that loud. Anyway, we are praying. You are praying. Every good thing of yours. So you are saying that every good thing of mine left outside the door. Okay, so yeah, every good thing that is left outside the door, they must come in now. If the door is open, they will come in. See, if I'm bringing something to your home and I get to your door and your door is locked and I knock and I can't get you, I will leave it there and go. Hoping that when you open the door, you will find it. That's why people leave mail for people outside of their homes so that when they come, they can get it. Every good thing that is yours, that is left behind the door, as you pray, they are coming in now in the name of the Lord Jesus. As these things, you see, we are. why are we learning these things? These are like capsules. These are virtues. They are virtues. They enter you and they make you become. The Bible says that if these things be in you and abound, they shall make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. You shall neither be barren or unfruitful. You shall neither be barren or unfruitful. So you are praying every good thing of yours that is left outside the door. You don't. That's when. That's not where you want it. I don't know about you, but I don't want my parcels outside of my door. I don't want my good thing outside of my door. I want them inside. I want them inside because they have of no use if they are outside. They have no use to me if they are outside. Lift up your voice right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Begin to pray now. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lord, call you. Let the sounds arise. Somebody, you need to manifest in your praise. Stay out the gift inside of you. Like Paul said to Timothy, stay out the gift inside of you. We can't keep looking. Things must stand. We can't keep looking. 
So you see, not everything is held by the enemy. We are going to pray the same prayer again. Not every blessing of yours is held by the enemy. Some of the things they are delivered, but they are just outside of the door. So I was telling you the other time, so that is why sometimes you can't. It's like you can smell the blessing. You can feel it. Most of you, even in your dream, good things don't even come to you. Just as you are receiving the thing, then you wake up. Or something happens. So even in your dream, you are far from your blessing. You get you, you your eyes can see it, but you don't touch it. Even in dreams, so, and that's how it happened for you in real life. You you can feel that the glory is at hand. You can feel that the blessing is near. You can smell it. You can sense it. Yet it you are not having it. Why? It is because it's 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 it's, it's outside of the door. It's just behind the wall. Just behind the wall. It's just behind the wall. I remember um, where I used to stay, um, my window at the time when I, when I was not married, where I used to stay in the same room, my window was positioned directly to, uh, was connected to another apartment and yeah, it was the same room. And so my window was positioned, I don't know, I think it was um, positioned across a kitchen, a woman's kitchen and so Whenever this woman will cook, it's as if she's cooking inside my room. I could smell everything from my room. Yet, whatever she's cooking is not in my room. They'll be enjoying their food in their home and then I'm still in the room. Left with the aroma in the room. Just outside is there. So, there, there are things that are not held by the enemy. Especially when you're a child of God and you 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 are committed in a way to God. No. Because God is faithful. In Malachi chapter 3, he says that if you give your tithe, it's going to um, prevent the devourer from using. And if God has said it, then it means that it is true and that's what he does. So it means that if you are faithfully paying your tithe, then the enemy should not have certain power over your finances. So if your finances is not working properly or things are not happening for you as it should, then it means there's something else that is wrong. It could not be the enemy. It could not be some witch in the village. No. It could be other things. And that other things is that I'm saying that your door is locked. So the package package cannot be delivered. It's left at the door. It's left at the door. It's left there. Because God is faithful. And the Bible says that the giftings and the callings of God are without repentance. To mean to that means to say that if God um, uh, um, purpose in His heart to give you this thing, He doesn't change His mind. So He doesn't bring the package to the door and take it back. He will leave it there. He says, "I stand and I knock. I stand and I knock. 
The emphasis is standing and knocking. Say, I'm knocking. Will you open? The package is at the door. You are praying again. Whatever good thing that is in my that is outside of the door, outside of my heart, come in now in the name of Jesus. Pray, pray. We have one minute to pray. Now, we'll continue praying tomorrow. But remember what I said. These things, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. says that if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think of these things. Let these things be in your heart. And you see, God gave you a job over your heart. You cannot say that, oh, I cannot even assign my heart to my angel that watch over my heart for me. It says you. It says guide your heart. You didn't say pray for God to guide you. Say you yourself guide your heart. Regulate the movement inside and out of your heart. But if you want God to be with you, like the verse 9 continues to say the Philippians chapter 8 the verse 9 continues to say that says uh, Philippians chapter 4 let's say the, the verse 9 says that, those things which ye have uh, ye have both learned and received and heard the things you have received the things you have learned the things you have heard of God he says do them do those things let those things be in your heart and practice them. So you are not only letting them come, but you are you, you are exercising with them. It says, and the God of peace shall be with you. So that God can come to you. So that God can enter and be with you. God bless you for tonight. God bless you for joining. Remember, tomorrow we are meeting, same time to pray. And also, remember that we are in the month of October. This is the month of praise. This is the month where we, we, we shall... Harness the riches of uh, of heaven by our praise, by thanking God, by giving praise to God. He said, we praise God for what he has done. We worship God for who he is, but we praise him for what he has done. So you have to, uh, um, um, and then our team verse is from then this, um, Psalm 103, where it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then, forget not all his benefits. Forget not. If you remember, you give praise. If you remember, you give praise. So bless the Lord and be full of praise, be full of thanksgiving, be playing those songs and praising God, thanking God, worshiping, blessing His name. And as you do that, as you gather the praise up, His glory will fall on you this month. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of the evening. Enjoy the rest of the night, wherever you are. Shalom. Bye bye.